podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and joining me from at least six feet away, it's your co-host, Nick Richardson. <laughs> you know who else is six feet away? These dead people that are buried down in the yeah. crypts of Winterfell. Yeah, that's what we're actually talking about. But everybody needs to be safe and six feet away. We're always at least six feet away, so that worked out easy for us. It did. There will hopefully be no break in a podcast about something, except last week, but that was just because vacations and things, not because of coronavirus. Correct. That doesn't we are scare healthy. us. Yeah, no, it does scare me, but stay healthy well, out yeah. there, guys. Be smart. Wash your yes. hands. Yeah, that, that's really all you have to do. Don't, don't like, touch somebody else's snot. You'll be good. If you have kids, well, like me, yeah, that's true. That's young kids, I get covered in snot daily. And saliva and all that good shit. So it's like, you know, I the guess I'm just fucked. The is, we keep telling our kids to keep their hands out of their faces, and they, like, listen for ten seconds and they put them back in their face. But all of a sudden, they've really liked putting their hands in my face, which is not something they did prior <laughs> to this. <laughs> like, hey, Dad, look! It's just Disease. like in the last three weeks, they've decided to start, like, putting their hands in my mouth and nose out of nowhere. They're going to take it to the next level next week and be like, hey, Dad, guess where my hand just was? My butt. <laughs> That's probably already true, so... You should just ask him very squarely <laughs> next time. Be like, where's that hand been? Nowhere. <laughs> Alright, so that's all of our coronavirus talk. That's it. That was the whole episode on coronavirus. We're moving on to the actual episode now. The Crips of Winterfell. Mostly we're talking from the A Song of Ice and Fire book series, not the show. Oh, no, they Game really... There, let me just say this. There was way more information about the Crips of Winterfell when I started doing research than I had any idea there was. Yes. So the, the show sh- just did not do it justice. No, it didn't. And like, there's way it, way more in depth in the books and in the the lore surrounding the books. Um, you know, whether it's in the World of Ice and Fire or on Wiki of Ice and Fire, there's just so much more that goes into it. And the show's just like, yeah, they're there, and Lyanna's buried there. Yeah. Sometimes Sansa and Arya walk down there to have a conversation. There might right. be magical properties, but we're not going we're to not show gonna deal with anything any about it. Yeah, we're not going to deal with any of that. Fuck magic. What, is, yeah. what do you think this is, a fantasy show? Come on. No. Yeah, piss magic off. Magic doesn't exist here. Are you taking a piss? Because it doesn't exist. Yeah, no. All right, so let's start with where are the crypts of Winterfell actually located? <laughs> Sorry. Was... They're in Winterfell. But they're actually, like, below, underground Winterfell. Uh, They are behind an ironwood doorway, which is located in the oldest section of Winterfell, near the First Keep and the Lich Yard. And they're only accessible by a narrow, narrow winding spiral stone steps. Fun fact. um, I kind of went down a rabbit hole and discovered ironwood. I had never really, it never really stuck in my brain all that much. Give it to us, because I didn't go down that rabbit hole. Well, apparently... This this individual who you know put all this information together believed that ironwood was kind of like the op- polar opposite of a, a weirwood tree, and it you know it uh, its leaves or whatever basically turned into like a potion that was very similar to what you would get for if you drank the weirwood tree leaves. Mm-hmm. And it, as it Bran does in his yes, exactly. uh, final chapter, it's it's whatever Daenerys drank in the House of the Undying. I forget what the hell it's called. That, but... that was uh, Shade of the Night. Yeah, exactly. So that's what they were saying is that it was an ironwood tree and that it has a lot more magical properties than was previously understood. 
and they made they, they it was on YouTube. They did a pretty good job of presenting the information. Interesting, interesting. Check it out, people. There you go. Yeah, you don't have like a who the youtuber was or anything like that you know, if you give me one second i will tell you folks right now because i stumbled onto part two it's uh secrets of the citadel is the youtuber all right check, check that him shit out. out it's actually a female oh check her out sorry you bastard yeah that's my first fault. the virus and then this shit calvin <sighs> you know we're going into game of thrones song of ice and fire very male heavy environments you know the patriarchy still high up going on in this world so it's just got me in a in a world thinking you know everything's male dominated here in a tiff yeah got you in a tiff so the uh, the crypts of winterfell were built thousands of years ago uh, as winterfell was also built uh, under under the ground uh, many thousands years or many thousands of years before when the current books and show are taking place yeah, about 8,000 is 8, what 000. I stumbled upon. Bran, nice. the builder, that baller. Yeah. Um, he, he built Winterfell. He built the wall. He built uh, the high tower. He built Dragonstone. A lot of building going on with Storm's Bran, the builder. End. Storm's End. Yeah, he did. He did a lot of good shit. And what's weird is, uh, I guess, Winterfell was Storm's kinda... End is the one I was thinking of, not Dragonstone. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Um, But I guess he kind of built it piecemeal originally, mm-hmm. and... Something I, I also stumbled upon in a separate rabbit hole is the the crypts were basically built from the ground up from the old weirwood tree roots that mm-hmm. are there. Like, they're so ancient, they turn to stone, and that's kind of what they use as, like, the tunnels or whatever that they work through. Okay. And then kind of built around that weirwood tree, and that's how Winterfell kind of came to be. Brandon the Builder just took that to the next level. Yeah, you know, dude with, was a good builder. I'd imagine with that name. There's, you know, there's great builders out there. There's Bob the Builder. He got a TV show. Bran the Builder. I mean, he might appear in a future TV show. We don't know yet. I I feel like that show is not, like, none of those spinoff shows are ever going to happen. I mean, aren't they in production? Well, everything's halted right now. But (laughs) I just, like, I don't think people care anymore, especially after the lukewarm season eight, like, I don't even expect us to get, like, because when we did the last couple Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire episodes, we got pretty good listens on it, but Game of Thrones was still huge. I'll be interested to see if this does those same kind of numbers, just because it's kind of out of the popular opinion right now. Nobody cares about it. Nobody's going after it. The books, who knows if they're ever going to be finished or, you know, are even being worked on right now. They are. He came out and said he's working on them rapidly, I'd hope. I mean, you're locked up, bro. Yeah, it you got took a fucking in quarantine, man. World pandemic to get you you're, to keep working on this dude, shit. You're an old dude. Seems like you have breathing problems. You just stay inside and write. That's you're kind of heavy. From. Like, come yeah. on, dude. Heavy set. So yeah, another cool thing. Like, that's what I like about this world is you. You've already gone down two rabbit holes, and we're only on our third point in the outline. Like, it's just <laughs> endlessly rabbit holing. Oh man, know? I could go so much further with that stuff too, and. It, and that's that is really fun about this world is the endless rabbit holes. Each thing has its own like unique backstory and history behind it that you can go into and see like just ironwood. It's just like a random building material that all right, let's see what it is and it's got all this backstory. That's kind of what Star Wars was like back in the day too is like every minor character that showed up or droid or 
piece of something had this intricate backstory that you could just dive deep in endlessly. So that's why we're back here. Hell yeah. I love world building and George R.R. R. Martin built a great world. Yep. And, you know, going along with how they built it from that weirwood tree, the vault underneath Winterfell is actually larger than Winterfell itself. And like you said, they built it from the the inside out, I guess is how you would say it. The older Starks are buried in the deepest, darkest levels, and then the more recently deceased are buried towards the front, like where that Ironwood doorway is. That's where the more recent deaths are. And then there's even empty tombs and empty space for future Starks as well. So they, they planned it out, apparently. They did a fucking good job. And I'm curious to see how far they planned it out. because they How many more Starks can die before they run out of room? Right. I mean, how deep is this shit? Because think of 8,000 years of generations of people living in the North, living hard, living like shit. Probably living in their 40s, 50s. So a lot of generations. A lot. Yeah. You know, they, they, well, that's, they're six and... feet apart. They recognize safety. You know how it is. They recognize safety, bro. So that's really what, you know, that's the the main thing we want to talk about is what's actually in there. What significance do they play in the larger story? Um, and we're going to get deep into some theories about what their importance is and kind of what the show did with that. But first we got to say what's in there. And that's, you know, tombs of the members of House Stark. That's all that's there. Pretty uh, much. The other Winterfellians... They get buried somewhere else. This is only for House Stark or, like, people who married into House Stark. So or, on occasion, did something, like, extraordinary for House Stark. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, so all the family members have tombs inside the crypts, but statues are carved in, or stone statues are traditionally only made for the kings in the north or the lords of Winterfell. All these statues have um, stone direwolves curled at their feet with long iron swords laid across each lord's lap to keep vengeful spirits within the crypt. God, that'd be so intense. Yeah. It'd be so it'd be intense a rough... to see. Well, and it's weird to think about, like, early in the story, all the Stark kids, like, were just, like, they play down there all the time. Like, that's their play place, is they go down there and they have fun and they play, like, hide-and-seek and come to the castle and all that shit. Fucking weirdos, man. Yeah. Stark, Stark kids have some issues. Yeah, all these dead people down here. Man, it's cool down here. I like it. It's homey. Just one foot in the grave, those star kids. And then the most recent tombs inside the crypts belong to Lord Rickard Stark and his children, Brandon and Lyanna, who are the brother and sister of Eddard Stark, who also has a tomb and a statue down there, but his bones aren't actually there yet because they never made it back to Winterfell. And it's a little bit odd because Brandon and Lyanna, they have statues, but they weren't kings, they weren't lords. Um, and that kind of piece has led to many theories about why exactly the statues were built especially in the case of liana it's one thing of brandon because he was an heir and he died early so like all right let's give him a, a statue but there aren't many statues of women down there so liana having a statue is very unique and very hopefully significant it's, yeah as far as i could tell i i couldn't find any other women buried down there and i mean with uh, Brandon, he basically died at the same time as as their father, so he was a lord for like a second. So he I'm gets a statue think, kind I think of by default. Brandon died first. No, he strangled himself trying to get to his father. Remember? Right. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember who was in which place because he was getting burned alive. I right. Say. The father was getting burned, and Brandon 
was had like a rope around his neck with a sword just out of reach so he was trying to get to the sword as ricard burned yeah that's fucking awful yeah so i mean mad king Ares was not a good dude yeah he was a he was a piece of shit so having definitely having her down there is is significant and the only thing that i could possibly think of is she's a, a mother to the true king right you know what I mean? That's the only thing that came yeah, to mind, but I wouldn't see that. Let's hold a... off on that thought for a minute, though, for when we get into the theories, because that's going to be important there. Okay, okay. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I will wait, sir. <laughs> we don't want to. We don't want to bury the whole thing right here in that twelve-minute mark. We got a lot more to talk about. Hit me. I think. So let's talk about why the crypts are important. What role have they played in the stories thus far? What's already happened there, and why is any of this stuff important? So the first thing that happens. I'm going to go chronologically through the history of Westeros, not chronologically through when we learn about it in the books. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Okay. So the first thing chronologically in the history of Westeros is the tale of Bale the Bard. Love it. And this is the story that Egret tells Jon um, during A Clash of Kings when they first, when Jon first meets her. And, like, he's supposed to kill her, but he doesn't. So she tells him the story of Bell the Bard because she says, you know, we're all related. We all share blood due to Bale the Bard. And so that story goes, I'm going to give a, try and be a brief synopsis. Uh, Bale the Bard disappeared from Winterfell with the daughter of Lord Brandon Stark, leaving behind only one blue winter rose. Uh, Bale had received this rose as a gift for impressing a lord with his singing. Uh, and he was there, he was a king in the north who came down, and he basically just wanted to try to infiltrate, like, prove he could tr- infiltrate Winterfell. And he did, and he posed as a as a singer, impressed the lord, got a gift from him, and then basically stole his daughter. <laughs> what a dick, man. I, just saying. He proved his point, though. So Lord Stark sends out the night wa- Night's Watch ranging beyond the wall. He thinks, you know, this guy's stolen her and gone beyond the wall. Uh, they never find him. All of a sudden, let's give it, let's say nine months later, give or take, she randomly appears back in her room holding an infant child. God damn it. It's every father's worst nightmare. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, apparently they had never left Winterfell, but actually they had hidden in the crypts the whole time. And this was, this child was supposedly Bale's bastard with the Lord's daughter, and he one day became the new Lord Stark. Yada, 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 a few years go on, about 30. Bale becomes king beyond the wall and leads the wildlings south. And then they come into battle with Winterfell, and uh, his son is leading the Winterfell armies at the Frozen Ford. Bale the Bar just, you know, he basically surrenders, gives himself up, allows himself to be killed by Lord Stark because he knows that's his son and he can't fight his own son. No. It's such a sad story. This Lord Stark, who's never named, uh, is brought back, or brings Bale's head back to Winterfell. He shows it to his mother, and she leaps off the Talos Tower, killing herself because she was so in love with Bale the Bard. That dude must have had the sweetest pipes. Yeah. Just saying. Well, I mean, they spent nine months down in those crypts together, too, so... For get to know someone in, in isolation. We're going to really find out what we know about each other here when we're all locked up in the crypts of our home for the next several months so i can imagine find out my wife is sick of my ass <laughs> well that's what they're talking about they're like all right babies are gonna go up and divorces are gonna go up fuck man apparently in china divorces are up like crazy after yeah, their... people gotta spend time together yeah don't have I anything to talk to spend about a bunch of time with my wife 
Not in a crypt, though. It'd be creepy. No, not at all. Uh, I agree with you. The crypt would be creepy. I'd love spending time with my wife. Uh, so the sto- this is all important because the story of Bale the Bard, it helps Mance Raider and his spearwives inf- infiltrate Winterfell when they need to, when the Boltons have control, and it also, uh, the part about him hiding in the crypts inspires Bran and Asha to hide there when Theon invaded, and it also, I think, is trying to play a part into Mance's overall scheme, but they don't get to that point because Theon kind of cockblocks him on that. He cockblocks him on that super hard like a dick. Except... He has no cock to block with, and he has no dick to be a dick with. Oh, and sorry, Theo. You know, in in the TV show, just you know, apparently Ramsey insinuated he might have ate his dick. Maybe who knows? I don't think he ate it. I, I think he's I, just fucking with him. I hope not. Yeah, you never know with Ramsey though. I would give someone so much shit. Like uh, this may sound weird, and this is a rabbit hole. But if someone cut to, cut my wiener off. And then it acted like they were eating in front of me. It's like, dude, you're gross. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You sick fuck. Yeah, Ramsey's gross. And Theon was not really in a position to tell him he's gross. What if Theon was just like, oh, man, you're fucking nasty. Why the fuck would you do that, dude? Yeah, dude. Well, what the fuck? That was my like, dick. You're gay for eating my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So... The, the next thing that happens historically that at least that we know about is uh, Robert and Ned visit Lyanna's tomb when Robert, King Robert comes to visit Ned and ask him to be his hand. This is actually our first introduction in the story to the crypts, and Ned notices that some of the oldest longswords, the uh, iron longswords that the, laid across the king's laps, have rotted to nothing. Uh, that To me, that's important because those statues are no longer protected from evil spirits rising. That, I mean, that signifies, a, if he's kind of on the same level as Lyanna, I imagine with, uh, you know, humidity and stuff like that, but the well, you can imagine, time. Yeah, how bad is the stuff deeper and darker? Yeah, I'm super haunted, bro. Super haunted. Yeah. So, that I, I feel like those swords are going to come to be important at some point, but again, we'll get that when we get to the theorizing. The next thing we have that happens in the crypts throughout our story is uh, Bran, Rickon, Asha, Jojen, Mira, and Hodor hide in the crypts to... Well, the, the next important thing, there are some little things that happen that we'll, we'll kind of talk about at the end of just, like, here's some other bits that happen. So this is the important thing that happened. They all hid there when Theon sacked Winterfell and went after the boys and tried to kill them. Um, and to, to kind of kick this off, when Jojen Reed first appears in A Clash of Kings, he tells Bran that he had a green dream of him and Rickon in the crypts. And Bran and Rickon are like, well, shit, we're not ready to die. Like, yeah, they, fuck he, that. they think that means they're prophesized to die, and it actually comes to fruition that they just hide there for a couple weeks. Yeah, and that, they did not do that justice either. Like, how long they genuinely spent there? I, I don't know. I, I never think really it was. I read it. I think it was hard because it was hard in the show because they just showed two small boys being burned at the end of an episode. So I think like you have to resurrect them at the end of the next episode. But in the books, it's several chapter like it's half a book, I want to say yeah, that they're while. that they're down there and you're just like and you don't know that Theon killed the other kids. You You still think he killed them. So they they let it breathe a little bit more in the books. Which, it suited them. Suited it yep. well. 
And so once Theon sacked the city, he refuses to allow Maester Lewin to bury the bodies of Bran and Rickon in the crypts. Um, Theon does this because they're not actually Starks. Like, he knows they're not Starks, and it would be kind of sacrilegious to bury these other kids down there. But it also serves the purpose to, uh, narratively, to keep people out of the crypts where Bran and Rickon are hiding, because we don't know they're down there hiding. So if Maester Lewin goes down there, he's going to be like, oh shit, hey guys! Yeah. I, I got your bodies here. Uh, well this is awkward. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, in the show, they run into Maester Lewin on their way out. I'm pretty sure Maester Lewin's long dead by the time they get out in the books. Um, so, you know, it was nice that they got that last reunion before he died in the, uh, in the show. True. Like seconds before he died. Yeah. So then, uh, we see Bran, Rickon, Mira, Jojen, Asha, and Hodar. They survive Theon Sack. All of a sudden, like, there's all of a sudden a Bran chapter out of nowhere after we have several non-Bran chapters. Because usually, like, George R. R. Martin does a good job of, like, mixing the chapters of, like, all right, you're in the north for one, and then you're in the south for a few, and then you're in the east for a few, and then you get another north one. And there was just nothing from Bran for a while. There were a couple Theon chapters in there, but there's no Bran for a while. And then all of a sudden we get out of nowhere, there's a Bran chapter. And it's, like, one of the last chapters of whichever book this happens in. I believe it's still Clash of Kings. And, um... We see that they've been hiding in the crypts the whole time, sneaking into the kitchens at night to steal food, and this kind of fulfills Jojen's green dream. And before leaving to head north, uh, Asha, Mira, Hodor, and Bran all steal some of those swords that are guarding tombs of the old Starks. Asha steals Ned's, Mira steals Rickard's, uh, Bran steals his Uncle Brandon's, and Hodor had stolen some old rusted sword. Don't know who it came from. I imagine they were all probably a little rusty. Well, probably a little shitey. Ned's, Rickards, and Brandon's shouldn't have been because those are all the most recent tombs. Yeah, well, that's true. They're they're only fifteen years old max. So that, those, yeah, that's yeah timeline here. Yeah. Okay. Those those ones are probably okay, but Brand specifically noticed that Hodor took some old rusted sword. Um, so that leaves another old king unguarded. And that may come up when we start theorizing here. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's just, to me, it, all of this is interesting because the crypts hold all of these secrets and provide hiding places throughout the story. And setting Bran and Rickon and all these people down there for so long, not knowing, it just shows like how easy it is for something to get lost down there, you know? How massive it is and yeah. it just intricate and comp- you know, complicated. Well, it was partly Asha's idea because she had heard the story of Bale the Bard, like that's a wildling folktale that they tell to all kids growing up, basically. So she had heard that story, and like that, was, it was part her idea and part Bran's idea to go down there and, you know, basically do pull the Bale the Bard and just wait until they could sneak out. And luckily, you know, Ramsey's resacking of the city provided them the perfect chance to get out. And, you know, another thing I I just thought of it's. Imagine the superstition involved with that place, too. Like, that would just add another layer of fear and make it even more confusing. Yeah, and it's important. Like, these, this particular set of Stark kids were always very comfortable in the crypts. So it wasn't, they weren't always that afraid. I mean, being down there day in and day out, you'd probably start to get a little afraid. But, like, Asha, Hodor, and the Reed kids, like, there's no reason for them to be comfortable down there. And that'd be, that'd be pretty fucking creepy yeah a little bit they're like yeah this place is sweet i love it it smells great <laughs> you guys got a great place down here yeah thanks for, thanks really, for making sure we stayed with you 
really accommodating. I appreciate it. Um, and then in A Dance with Dragons, uh, Reek has some interactions with Reek slash Theon has some interactions with the Crips. Uh, he, first, he takes a trip into the Crips with Lady Barbary Dustin, and they notice that the statues are missing swords. And then Lady Dustin combines in Reek her relationship with Brandon in their youth. Again, this is Ned's brother, Brandon. They had some sort of sexual relationship, uh, but Brandon was later betrothed to Catelyn, and this frustrated Lady Dustin because she was passed over for a southerner, thinking that Rickard was choosing this life of expansion for Winterfell, which was kind of against what the North always went. The North was historically isolationist. Yeah, so she, Yeah, she thinks Rickard Stark has these southern ambitions, as she called them, and everything he could do to, to space out, and she was supposed to be the Lady of Winterfell. You know, she had this relationship with Brandon, and Brandon was going to be Lord, and she would be the lady, and she gets passed over for some person down in the Vale. Like, or not the Vale, in uh, River Run. A southerner. <laughs> fucking Catelyn. Come yeah. on. She just fucking everything up. And then later, um, Holly and Abel, which Abel is most likely Mance Raider in disguise. Again, pulling a Bale the Bard. Abel is a. Uh, not acronym. What do you call it when you move the letters around? Uh, anagram. There you go. Abel is an anagram of Bale. Um, so this is most likely Mance Raider doing his best Bale the Bard impersonation, sneaking into Winterfell with his spear wives. Uh, this Holly woman is probably one of the spear wives. They ask Theon to show them the crypts, but he refuses. And my take on this is they're likely looking for a way to hide away with quote unquote Arya, who's actually Jane Poole, and then later escape back to the north. Cause that was part of the mission from Stannis was to save who they thought was Arya. And, you know, Mance has always been intrigued by the song of Bale the Bard. He sings it all the time. That's how he grit so well. So it makes sense that he wants to continue to follow in his footsteps. So they were gonna try and basically kidnap Arya from uh Ramsey hide down there until it was safe to leave and then leave as needed. I mean, it's definitely a Or at a least that's my thought that I, on it. I, I could see Mance Raider doing that for sure. And that would be any wildlings, like, first reaction would be like, I know exactly what to do. I heard of this dude, Bale the Bard. I got it. Yeah, fuck and, these. Well, these... and it's, it's the best plan. That's the only way, other than, like, what Reek ended up doing with Jane Poole and jumping off the side of the wall and luckily landing in a huge bank of snow that, you know, I think Theon broke a leg doing, or one of them broke a leg doing that. You don't have a lot of options other than going in the crypts. No, and I mean, that's something that has that layer of superstition and just that you don't go there type thing. Right. That it's, it's a genuine, solid plan. It's not only that you don't go there, a lot of people don't know how to get in there. They don't know where it is and how to get there. The only reason Lady Dustin got there was because Theon showed her. Theon's the only one in Winterfell at this point that knows how to get there because he grew up with the Stark kids playing some of those same games with them in the crypts. Yeah. Um, nobody else knows how to get there and get into it, but Theon does, and Lady Dustin says she wants to go down there to see Brandon because of their previous relationship. And really, she just wants to bitch to Theon in private. So, you know, it, it's it's an important place, and a lot of people don't even know how to get there, and it's a really good hiding place. It's a really good point. Yeah. 
so a few other little things that happen throughout the story or that we learn throughout the story in the testimony testimony of mushroom which is an in-world history book it alleges that prince jaceris valerian came to winterfell at the start of the dance of dragons with his dragon vermax and that vermax laid a clutch of dragon eggs in the depths of the crypts near where the hot springs are uh, but this thought is rejected by other historians mushroom is this dude he was a fool in the uh, targaryen court during the dance of the dragons times so he has his own history and then all the maesters have their history and mushrooms is always the most salacious version of whatever happened and you gotta have one of those i mean that's a given yeah you, it's a record it's it's kind of great to read like some of the Dance of Dragons books or uh, Fire and Blood history book that was just put out or the World of Ice and Fire because they take the Maesters versions and they tell that and they're like, well, Mushroom also said this. And it's probably somewhere in the middle of the two things, so take which one you want. I like to believe Mushroom in any chance I get. Hell yeah. It reminds me of Radagast the Brown. Just exactly. the name Mushroom. Uh, many people in, in world think that this clutch of dragon eggs are in world and outside of the world in our world think that the clutch hatched and that there is one or more dragons beneath Winterfell hiding in the crypts. It's also believed that the water from the hot springs, uh, that's piped throughout the castle to keep the castle warm, but maybe that the dragon is actually keep, is what's making the hot springs hot instead continuously of being a natural fire. hot spring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's important because if there is a dragon down there it's not going to be hiding for the whole story no no like you don't put a dragon down right there down. to not bring a dragon out see yeah we'll talk about that <laughs> um another important thing we, we touched on the current stark children would play often in the crypts this is important just because it shows their comfort with the crypts as you know most other children in, in winterfell and in the north are scared of the crypts. Nobody wants to go down there. But these Stark children are like, yeah, cool. Let's go fucking play. Yeah, I've been down there a million times. It's tight. Yeah. Well, and it's also, uh, it's mirrored in when they go to King's Landing. And Arya's there. And she works her way through those tunnels on the backside. And she's in, like, the dragon vaults. Mm -hmm. And here's uh, Varys and, what's the dude's name from Essos? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. The, the big fat guy, he uh, basically housed Daenerys and I know her brother. About. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now. Valerio? No, that's not it. Illyrio. 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 I was yeah. close. He had an extra Illyrio. V in there for some reason. I don't yeah, know. She, she hears that conversation between Varys and Illyrio Mopatis as they're going deeper and deeper into those dungeons. She's very comfortable kind of hiding and following them down there. She learned that from, you know, all her time in the crypts. Not being like scared Batman. of the dragon heads. Yeah, no, she's, she's exactly like Batman. Yeah. They were born in the dark, whereas all the other people just tried to Merely inhabited it. Yeah. yeah, I get you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, he's, he's picking up what I'm putting down. Do you, audience, pick up what I'm putting <laughs> down? So some other small events that happened throughout uh, the book of Game of Thrones. Uh, Jon Snow has vivid dreams about journeys deep into the crypts where he fears that he will find within them. Uh, or he fears what he will find within them. Is this, you know, something hiding in Lyanna's tomb that he's worried about finding? I don't know. We we're going to we're going to speculate wildly in a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> Hence the word wildly. Yeah. Ned also dreams of the crypts, recalling 
um, with all of the Stone Kings watching him, he recalls his the the line from his sister, "Promise me, Ned." Um, so he he like has this dream. He's standing in front of her tomb with all of the other Stone Kings watching him, and just vividly recalling her last words, "Promise me, Ned. Promise me, Ned." So again, something important going on around Liana's tomb where everybody's watching him meaning he's trying to stay true to that i guess mm. he promised her something with all the stone kings watching so he needs to hold on to that promise or his ancestors will you know shit on him murder forever. Him. yeah murder him after he's dead yeah something like that bran also <laughs> dreams of going down into the crypts uh or he dreams that he goes into the crypts with the three-eyed crow and he speaks with ned when he wakes up, he asks Hodor to take him down there, and Hodor just won't go in. He absolutely refuses. He's scared shitless, and that has never happened before. Like, Hodor's taking him down there. Hodor takes him down there later, but on this specific day, he won't do it. Um, later, Maester Lewin, Asha, or just Maester Lewin and Asha take Bran down into the crypts. They find Rickon is down there in Ned's empty tomb, claiming he also had a vision of Ned the night before. And then they later that same day receive the news of Ned's death. So there's something going on. The crypts seem to somehow unlock a telepathic ability within the Starks. Yeah. You know, or they, or they share some connection between each other while they're there. Or like they, they can all kind of connect to the crypts telepathically or something. There, there's something going on there. My, my idea, my dumb thought is That's that you, you have to go go into it saying that the tunnels were built from the weirwood tree roots mm. and you know how weirwood trees or weirwood wood is used where wood is used in um a, a shit ton of stuff yeah you know it's all over the seven well where, where would the the weirwood trees form a telepathic network for people like blood raven and bran and anyone else who can use this ability um so i that that makes a lot of sense I didn't well, think that's, about it that way. that's what I'm saying. Well, that to go a step further, you know, that's why it's kind of like a, a whisper instead of an mm-hmm. echo, or like a, a straight up vision. It's uh, you know more. Yeah, they they see Ned, but they don't see Ned dying necessarily, right? Yeah, it's it's more kind of like a just a, I don't a shadow know. of a vision. Yeah, a whisper. I, I think whisper, a whisper is the way I'm gonna go with. Let's it. go with whisper. Yeah, it's a like whisper, whisper of a vision. A whisper of a vision. Damn, we stumbled onto something there. But I think that's a, you know, that's a great name for a book. That is a great a whisper name for of a book. vision. I call it. Yeah, go ahead. You're the one that's like writing, kind of writing a book, to some extent. I'm not, so you you can have it. That might be it. Uh... Does anybody have telepathic abilities in your story? No. Ugh. Well, that's still well, a great fucking title. You could still in, you could still introduce it at any time. I'm there. I'm going. I'm doing it. So, so yeah, that, yeah was, that was kind of the end of my theory. No, I like that because it, it makes a lot of sense. It, it, the crypts being tied to the Weirwood tree and why it would unlock somewhat that telepathic ability in the Starks. That's kind of latent in them anyways. Yeah. So, and, and that's kind of why they're all drawn there and why John's drawn there time and time again because they have this ability and it's it's drawing them more to those Weirwood roots than it is to the actual crypts. Yeah. I like that. I think we've stumbled onto something. There we go. Put it put it out on Reddit. We've got it. Oh shit! I'm gonna get eviscerated on Reddit. You fucking moron! This is dumb. There's no weirwood roots under there. There's not yeah. even a weirwood tree in Winterfell. What are you talking about? Prove it. Uh, and then we got a few more small events in A Storm of Swords, which is the third book. 
Uh, John dreams that he's walking past the Stone Kings who tell him that there is no place for him in the crypt. This hints heavily that John may not actually be a Stark. True and that. he feels it's because he's a bastard. But thanks to a lot of fan theories and Game of Thrones, the show, we know that's not why he doesn't belong. That is correct. Yes. So let's start talking about the future of the Crips, because that is going to be important. I surely hope so. I think, I mean, he's always, George R. R. Martin's always paid better attention to the Crips, obviously, than TV show, as we said. So I hope he, I really, really hope he kind of revisits them. Yeah, uh, so what secrets are hidden within the crypts that still haven't been revealed? Let's talk first, let's take some time, talk about what the show did with it. Early, they they didn't do much with the crypts. Like, they showed Robert and Ned going down there. They showed uh, Brandon Ricken hiding down there. That's really all. That, and Sansa yeah. and Arya had some conversations down there when they both returned to Winterfell. It was, a th- it was like, more... Up until the final season, it was just kind of there, you know, right. like it was not super important. But then the the preamble to the final season, it was just very, I mean, they insinuated a lot. Yeah, very heavy handed. Well, the Crips are the safest place, like 500 times throughout the first three episodes. Um, and then they served as a very bad place for the citizens of Winterfell to hide during the battle with the White Walkers. And I just got to say, like... Seriously, you're going against an army that can raise the dead. Why in the seven hells are you hiding innocent people in what is basically a graveyard with no way out? Yeah, and they already have swords. Yeah. So dumb. Not a great idea to just be like, hey, all you innocent women and children, here's a bunch of dead people. We don't think they'll ever rise. Like, don't worry about that. It's not like the the guy on the other side, he can just fucking lift his arms and... That never uh, happens. It's Winterfell, y'all. I mean, it's the yeah. Crips. We, that would never happen. They're the safest place to be. Don't worry. Yeah. So the dead in the Crips rise, obviously, and attack, uh, quote unquote, attack the people hiding there. They go after the people hiding there. Let's say that. Yeah. Nobody ever actually seems like they're endangered, even though there's no way out. They're just like ah. ah. Yeah. And then they're all, all these dead that rise in the crypts are eventually stopped when the mothership is destroyed. I'm sorry, not the mothership. The uh, Night King is killed. The, basically Spoilers. the same thing. Yeah. If no, you haven't seen Game of Thrones, get out of here. Get it's, out. It's basically every bad science fiction superhero movie plot of we got to just destroy the biggest ship and then everything else will fall. Don't worry about it. Well, they just don't come up with anything fucking better. That, there's a lot better. And let's talk about what better they could have done with the Crips. Let's hear... Okay, here's the ones we've touched on. For fan... These are just fan theories that are out in the world. Uh, We're going to talk about everything that we've read or seen, and then we'll talk about what we actually think. So the things we've touched on, the dead within the Crips are going to rise. There's a dragon hiding in the Crips, fueling the hot springs. And Lyanna's tomb is hiding something, but we don't know what. Most likely, some form of truth about Jon's parentage, right? Right. Uh, Maybe concealing Rhaegar's harp. Uh, There could be... This is another one I read, that a dragon egg could be in there wrapped in a red Targaryen wedding cloak. Damn it. Did you have that one? That was one I was just sitting here thinking, like, you know, I've I've been vacillating on several different things, and it's like, you know, that seems like the most likely one to me. 
Yeah, that would essentially legitimize John because with the wedding cloak there and the dragon, because uh, new Targaryen babies, even when dragon eggs haven't been hatching left and right for the past hundred or so years, they're still given dragon eggs at birth. And then you wrap it in the wedding cloak that shows that Lyanna was married. Like, Lyanna had that cloak for a reason, right? Right. And Rhaegar's harp is another important thing. So well, what that's else the did... only way you could also prove it. Right. That that there was a relationship with Rhaegar. It'd have Correct. to be something special to Rhaegar being there, or like literally a note saying, "Hey, this guy's my kid." Yeah. And uh, we're married. Yeah. It's totally Ask legit. Eddard. Don't worry about it. Ask him. <laughs> so, did you find any other theories out there in the world? Dude, I found a bajillion yeah, a theories. There are so many. But I, I, really, I liked the ghostly theories. Um, okay. Let's try and go back and forth on what we found. I'm sure we found a lot of the same things. So you say one, then I'll say one, then you say one, then we'll go that way. I only have a couple that we haven't really mentioned so far. I have six, but uh, some of them kind of go together, and it, it's fine. We'll figure it out. I'm going to go with two. Okay. I'm going to keep it a solid two. Why don't you start? Okay, because I have more. Uh, yes. The tomb of the Knight's King slash Knight's Queen are down there. Not to be confused with the Knight King from the show. The Knight King from the show does not exist in the books. The Knight's King is, uh, believe he, should I give a background on the Knight's King? I feel like I should. A super quick one. So the Knight King, he was a member of the Knight's, or the Knight's King, sorry. He was a member of the Knight's Watch, rose to Lord Commander, and then uh, this was when the Knight Fort was the main castle for... The Night's Watch, They one day he was standing on the tower of the Night Fort, and he saw a bright blue woman out on the horizon. It was the best, ice, icy-looking blue-white woman out on the horizon. Goes, chases her down, brings her back, makes him his queen, and then starts sacrificing a bunch of babies to the others. Yeah, he does some crazy shit. I've heard that yeah. theory, and I... That's a. That'd be I don't think that's a weird. theory. It's like a. It's an in-world folk tale, basically. Like old Nan tells Bran that story. Correct. And there's actually some legitimate. You know, there may be some legitimate truth to it. Yeah. Uh. So he. Yeah. He forces the Night's Watch into taking wives and having children, and then sacrifices all the children to the others. It's believed that this woman he saw was an other also, and she kind of persuaded him into doing all of this. She's like a sentient. You know, she's basically the Night King, but just a, a female a version. Woman, yeah. yeah. And and then, yeah, seduced this dude, married him, sacrificed children in the Night's Watch to the Wildlings and to the others. That's one or, way to Sorry, do the it. Night's Watch and the Wildlings to the others. Uh, so that's the theory is that the tombs of one or both of those people are down there. The Night's King is believed to have been a Stark, and that's why all the records of the 13th Lord Commander have kind of been scratched from the records of the night's watch there's basically nothing on him because they think well he was a stark and the starks are very powerful in the north they don't want anyone thinking that the starks had anything to do with sacrificing babies yeah they don't want their dirty laundry out there exactly so the starks kind of struck everything from the record once they realized what he was doing after they brought him down or even if they didn't necessarily, you know, couldn't prove it, they're just like, oh, this is fucked. You know, just the rumors of it, even. Exactly. 
So I like that theory. Uh, you got one for me? I do like that theory. Um, my theory, or the theory that I've kind of picked up as I've gone throughout, is that there is like legitimately spirits or or something akin to the weirwood tree, like part of that network mm-hmm. uh, amongst the the dead buried and the, the iron for some reason. Like I I can't remember the I've read three or four different things in universe about why iron may you know keep the spirits within but it kind of expanded upon the great man theory almost it's like the great man you know their spirit is obviously very powerful they're very powerful in life they're very powerful in death and that's what it requires to to keep them contained don't necessarily know why it's iron per se weird thing but yeah sometimes you just need something well, yeah, I, I think iron, you know, obviously all kinds of things have, you know, have their root in ancient weird traditions. But I think the the real telltale sign is the ironwood tree door, like the, the right. door keeping them all. You know, there's a lot of iron there, you know, hardness. Right. There's a darkness. lot of there's a lot of iron trying to hold things back. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that iron iron has something to do with holding things inside the crypts, because what happens when? They don't stay in the crypts. <laughs> well, there's that, and you know, another part of the theory is, what if, if they're, you know, there's all those Starks who have this weird supernatural. A lot of them have that weird connection right. with the old gods. Mm-hmm. That'd be way too many, kind of existing. And a lot, like, what a lot of them throughout history are skin changers, as we see yeah. with Bran and John and Arya. So that that's like a thing that lives in the Stark bloodline, especially with direwolves. So yeah, it's, it's there's a lot of shit around there, and I I just always kind of looked at it like, what if there were, you know, five thousand blood ravens, that yeah. just kind of kept reincarnating or being passed down through from Stark to Stark. Uh, another one that I saw on most of the ones I saw were they came from Reddit. Uh, this one was it's just a way to foreshadow John's death. There's nothing special down there to help legitimize John or anything like that. Uh, that one's harsh and cynical, and I hate it. <laughs> fair that's fair john just keeps seeing visions of himself in the crypts because he's gonna die well he did die that's it he knows it so i mean that, crypts, that just doesn't death, take death, any death. thought and these books use your thought to enhance them in every scenario yes I there, mean... there's nothing that is exactly as it seems right in a different story yeah maybe that's the case of john's going to die so john sees himself in the crypts but he doesn't just see himself in the crypts. He sees himself with people telling him he doesn't belong there. He sees himself with this uneasy feeling that something's hiding from him down there. Those are the important things. It's not that right. he's in the crypts. It's what he feels in the crypts. Very key context there. Yeah. Uh, another one says that there is a tunnel from the crypts that goes all the way to or through the wall. That'd be a, which a I, good distance. I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit when I get into to my personal thoughts. Let's uh, believe the Horn of Winter might be down there, which this is a horn that is believed to wake giants and bring down the wall. And uh, that the Great Other is down there calling out to the others to wake him, which that kind of goes with the Night's King, Night's Queen theory of there's something down there calling the others. That's why they're moving south again. Hmm. And then there must always be a Stark in Winterfell. This is known. This is a saying that the Starks... Uh, this, sorry. This is a saying of the Starks, and it 
has to hold some historical significance or some mythical significance because there aren't currently any Starks in Winterfell. Catelyn says it to Ned when he wants to go south. It's it's something that's said over and over again as the Starks are dwindling from Winterfell. Um, so what? why must there always be a Stark in Winterfell, right? Is that's going to somehow allow these uneasy spirits to rise that aren't protected by their swords anymore? Does it break some covenant they have with the Children of the Forest or with the Others? Do the Starks have some magical power over Winterfell that breaks if it isn't there? Or if they aren't there? Like, there's got to be, to me, there's got to be something to that saying, right? I I 100% agree, and that will play into my personal opinion later. Yeah, because that's, it's significant that they keep saying it. If, if they said it once, okay, it's a throwaway line, but they keep bringing it up, like there has, and the fact that there aren't any Starks in Winterfell, those two things together have to be important. I agree, 100%. All right, what did you have one more that you found out on the internet and then we'll get into our personal opinions? Yes. Um this is a quick one, but we mentioned it earlier that there's a dragon living beneath Winterfell. Um this one is slightly different where it's not necessarily a dragon living beneath Winterfell, but a petrified dragon or like a fossilized dragon living mm-hmm. beneath Winterfell that still has viable eggs within it. And Ooh. yeah, those are recovered. And, so uh, basically, it, it takes the the Vermax theory of he was there, he or she was there, she laid eggs, and says no, there's a different dragon down there that laid eggs. Yeah, got lost down there or some shit, yeah. basically, and not necessarily laid eggs, but like died before, died and became petrified before the legs were a- laid. So they're within mm-hmm. the dragon still, right, kind right. of like you know, in and dragon. and because that dragon is so close to the hot springs those eggs are still warm and yeah, they able stay to yeah. viable and under the right circumstances. Maybe they could hatch. Exactly. You're, you're pulling the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should let you say that. Well, you're, you're following my thread. I love it to go along with that. There's another story. It's a children's story that George R. R. Martin wrote called the ice dragon. And in it, and I've, uh, I listened to this on audiobook. It's actually really good. And like, I'll listen to it with my daughters. They're probably, two years away from hearing it like to understand what's going on mm-hmm. uh this little girl befriends an ice dragon right and she flies all around on it all the time and she flies north and south on it from their cat like they live in a castle that's basically akin to winterfell it, th- this story supposedly does not exist within um the world of ice and fire it is a separate story but it touches on a lot of the same themes. They live in this big castle. That's a stronghold in the north. She takes this ice dragon to fly up north. Towards the end of the story, um, that's spoilers for anyone who's going to read this and you know doesn't want to be spoiled for a children's story. The dragon dies and melts into a hot spring, basically. So there are thoughts that this hot spring is actually a melted ice dragon in the same way that's told from that story. And if you listen to the story... You kind of see where that theory comes from. Hmm. And I kind of like that tie-in better than, well, there's just some other dragon down there. I, I really I liked your theory with the dragon with the, the hot springs next to it. I also like that ice dragons exist and that this thing happened because I like that other story. And it'd be kind of a cool way to tie that together. Because he does sprinkle um, on YouTube, I watched this game of thrones song of ice and fire theorizer his name's preston jacobs and he comes up with these really intricate theories based on empirical evidence from these stories and other stories that george r R. martin's written 
and he ties them together and George R. R. Martin sprinkles bits of every other story he's told within every other story he's telling. Uh, so to me, that's a kind of, that would be a cool juxtaposition to put those together. That would be. And I mean, we know for a fact ice dragons exist. Like we know. I wouldn't base anything that happens on the show and call that a fact. Fair. That is a hundred percent fair. <laughs> but the idea is out there, right? Yes. The idea and, of an ice know, dragon is a fact. And giant spiders and all kinds of crazy shit that we never got to see in the show. So, yeah. I mean, it's very, it's within the realm of possibility that ice dragons exist, for sure. Maybe. Yeah, and I, I believe, and I could be wrong, that the Starks at some point talk of ice dragons, or I, Old Nan tells stories of ice dragons. So that kind of ties the other the other story into it, is a lot of people think, like, Old Nan is the little girl from the ice dragon story, which would be kind of a cool thing, but not necessary to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they like they've tied that all together. I didn't even think of that until we were talking about your dragon with its viable eggs. So, but yeah, that that's a cool thing. All right, so let's talk about our personal opinions. You want to go first, or you want me to? Uh, I'll go first actually. You go first. <clears throat> so here's my personal opinion, and this ties upon the why there always must be a Stark in Winterfell. So, the Starks have been around since the first men, right? Yes. And as Correct. you know, as being the first or or whatever, um, th- they're going to hold on to power. They're going to be you know at the helm, the cutting edge, yada yada. Probably have the greatest lands, you know. But in a northern, you know, the northern area where it's cold, life is harder, etc. You kind of have to have uh, an atomic bomb, if you will. So that's right. that's my personal opinion is that there always must be a Stark in Winterfell because if their bloodline, if their position of power is genuinely threatened, like there's no chance they're going to survive and they're going to be snuffed out, that's when they, you know, maybe gain the ability or there's some kind of ritual or they find something kind of like the Horn of Winter that has a, a mystical property that raises all those from the dead and uh, uses them to kind of reverse the tides and take out the enemy like Aragorn did in Return of the King. Kind of like that weird, weird pact that they have. Like, right. You know, you can never sleep. You're tied to the, you know, the world of the living as a Stark, but you have a position to play. You know, you have a, uh, a role to play possibly in the future. Like you're guarding your, your seat, your house, your bloodline, for eternity. Right, and the and the Starks are the only one with that magical ability to hold, hold whatever that is at bay. Well, I mean, they they still believe in the old gods. They're still very tied to that culture, and they're you know, thousand eight thousand plus years later, it's still something that's very prevalent. And they're you know, they say old fucking sayings every other five minutes. <laughs> Winter is coming. I wonder how long yeah. that one's been around. The Starks love a good saying. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give them that. So I had this thought while you were just talking about why Iron may keep these spirits at bay. When the first men came over, there was a battle with the children of the forest, the inhabitants of, you know, Westeros. Correct. So the first men come over, they fight and they fight and they fight. Eventually a pact is reached. But the first men were beating the shit out of the children of the forest. Yeah, they were and definitely they were doing it with their iron weapons. Because they had bronze and iron weapons and the children had magic and were the size of children. They were very much weak compared to the first men. 
So I'm wondering if all of that iron, the iron swords, the ironwood door, all of that has some meaning to the children of the forest can't use these dead Starks if they're protected by the iron kind of thing. They're, they're protecting oh. their dead Starks from the children of the forest or the others who can use that ability against them. Oh, maybe sorry. I'm listening. I'll go ahead. Yeah. If, if, they were in these battles, and every once in a while, a Stark, like a first man, would have to fall, right? Like the children of the forest are taking some casualties. Otherwise, why are you going to reach a pack? Exactly. But if every every time a casualty went down, the children of the forest raised that casualty. You're going to find a way to stop that from happening, right? Correct. So if that's their best weapon, raising the dead, using the others, you know, creating the others, as we saw in the show. You need a you need a way that they can't do that to all of your dead throughout history. So they start protecting them with iron. Especially your great men, you and, know, your, your exactly, front line your commanders, your your guys that are fighting the children of the forest, really. And and now they can't raise those people when they come to attack, except they can raise some of them because the iron swords have either rusted or been stolen. Correct. Maybe they didn't think they'd be around that long. But another something like they'd be able to just, wipe out the children at some point. Yeah, exactly. Like that just came to mind as well. It's almost like nuclear deterrence. Like it say, the children of the forest gain a foothold again, and they renege on their pact and decide to start taking back Westeros. Boom! Raise those fuckers up. Good to go. Well, I don't know yeah. if that's necessarily viable, but uh, but yeah, like a you know a last ditch effort to yeah. There's a lot to always on guard. For eternity to, to stand against the children of the forest, or like this seat will not be taken, bitches. This is the Alamo. Exactly. Uh, I I like what we just kind of came up with on the fly there. Yeah, that was pretty dope. But it, actually, it, it wasn't in my brain when I was taking my notes. So I have a few other theories of what's going on down there. I think you know some of the things that we talked about are gonna pan out in some small way, but it's gonna be kind of a combination and pieces of things, not one whole thing. I like the idea of a dragon under Winterfell. I like your idea better of there's like this petrified dragon down there with the eggs just waiting. Uh, better than just like, okay, there's just been this dragon chilling down there for 150 years, right? And nobody's fucking noticed. Yeah, definitely. But the, the problem with any dragons being there, even the ice dragon theory, is it kind of, if there's that dragon there the whole time, it kind of cheapens the impact of Danny's dragon. And the same could be said if there's a dragon egg, either just with, deep within the crypts or in Liana's tomb. It, the the only reason to put an egg or a dragon in the crypts is to have John hatch it. But, Danny hatching her eggs was such a fluke thing that happened, and no one knows what exactly happened or how they did it, and. No one knows how to actually hatch an egg. Like, it just happened to happen. There was the perfect set of circumstances, and it happened, and nobody actually knows how they pulled it off. Yeah, it was a Targaryen um, secret before that, even. Right, exactly. Or it was a uh, Valerian secret, and then the yeah. Targaryens brought it, and they were the only ones that knew how to do it in Westeros. Once the Doom of Valeria hit, they were the only ones that knew how to do it because they weren't there for the Doom. Well, what if and, someone just stole the eggs and couldn't figure out how to hatch them, so they hit them? Exactly. That'd be, that'd but, be well, a no, fantastic I, place to hide them. It, I agree, it would be, but I just think you have to do too much work with ex exposition to, and like you have to go super deep onto dragon egg lore 
And like, that's going to be, to me, that would be super ham fistedly done at this point when we only have two books left of like, let's just jam as much dragon egg lore and how to hatch dragons into two books when, especially because he just wrote fire of blood, fire and blood. And there's nothing about it in there. There's like no hints to how that eggs actually hatch in there, which is a history of the Targaryens. I would think there would maybe be something in there and there's not. That's a pretty so I just good point. Think, yeah. I think you have to do too much, much exposition to get to where John can actually hatch an egg in a scenario that's not a fluke. And I don't think you can do another fluke scenario where he just happens to be burning next to the eggs where somebody's chanting some magical words and a baby just happened to die. Like there were, there were too many variables in what happened with Danny to repeat the same kind of thing with John. That's so you yeah. either have to explain how it's really done or you can not hatch the egg. What's the point of having an egg if it's not going to hatch though? I mean, there's, just for the threat of it, really, it could be it's yeah. the most valuable thing in the world, even if That's it's true. not, even it's if worth it a lot doesn't hatch. I but agree, I mean, but just... when you've already hatched one dragon egg, why throw another one in there? That that's my thought on it, narratively, of why would you you put that in there? Eh, I mean, I'm sure the thoughts cross George R. R. Martin's mind. Oh, I'm sure. He's a lot better at this than I am at theorizing about what he's thinking. I, I uh, would hope so. So I do definitely think that there's something down there pointing to John's lineage, uh, specifically in Lyanna's tomb. To me, it's most likely Rhaegar's harp and some sort of certification certification <laughs> out, of their marriage. Thank you. Um, just like uh, a maester sign. Like I don't I don't know if there's marriage certificates in Westeros. Maybe there is, and maybe there's like they have that piece of paper in the tomb with her with the harp. Um, a Reddit user pointed out the juxtaposition of Rhaegar's heart protecting Lyanna versus the Iron Swords protecting the kings down there, speaking more thoroughly to how Rhaegar truly was different than most knights. You know, his most prized possession is his harp, not his sword. So that to him would be a very special thing that he would want buried with his wife and future child, you know? That's, that's a fucking great point. Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Reddit user, who I didn't write down your name because I closed out of the Reddit before I decided to include that point in my notes. Oh. I have the link to the Reddit where I got all this stuff from, or like the post where I got all this stuff from, so I'll put that in the show notes and maybe somebody else can find it. Sounds good. I, I kind of want to find this, Reddit this user. thread. Yeah, it's... I, I like the idea of the harp being in there because the harp kind of was his most important thing and everybody knew it was his harp. Like, it was yeah. the thing that he had with him constantly was constantly playing it and singing it. He was this kind of somber soul roaming around looking for his purpose. And he was a really good soldier, but that to him, that wasn't his true purpose. That wasn't his passion. Right. He didn't want to fucking slaughter a bunch of people. I also think, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say he wanted to make tunes, bro. Yeah. Just want to jam. Just want some tunes. I also think that the dead are going to rise at some point specifically the ones no longer protected by their swords we talked a lot about this you know either the others come down and they raise them or it has something to do with there must always be a stark in winterfell now that there's no stark maybe those guys start waking up um i think something's going on there we also don't know like i said whose sword hodor took you know that could belong to the great other being in prison Ooh. down there maybe that's the sword he took or possibly we we're talking about the knight's king being a stark what if the knight's king is buried down there and hodor took his sword and now he's coming back and again 
he's a bad dude. Yeah, he's not a good him guy. Him rising would not be a good thing, so we don't want to see him rise. No. Uh, Damn, that's a good one. So, yeah, I like the idea that that sword specifically will unlock, unlock some greater evil. Like, okay, they took that's four of them. That's such a coincidence, though. That would be such a coincidence. It could they would not have they would not have it that close to the surface. Let me just say that, or close to Ned's or well, not Ned's. But let's yeah. do the math on it for a second. So the Knights King was the thirteenth Lord Commander of the Knights Watch. Yes, and John is the nine hundred ninety nine. Okay, that's a thousand. I was thinking it was ninety nine. Like, I thought they were nine hundred ninety nine and a hundred. Not I wasn't going to a thousand. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that math's really big. But we also don't know how vast. We don't know how far. Hodor and everyone went into the depths of these tunnels. Well, if you're there for weeks, like, I imagine they're there for you would weeks. Have... Like they're wandering around when they're in the because we do get to see it in the uh, when they're in Blood Raven's tree in Bran's final chapter. Like they're wandering everywhere down in those tunnels. Well, here's another way to to check that out is so they never were able to find Bran the Builder's tomb. They assume he was down there, but. Who established? He he built the wall, so he would have established the first. He would okay. have been one of the first tombs. One, he would have well, been one what, of the deepest. He would have established the first Lord Commander. So if there's thirteen Lord Commanders, well, all the Lord Commanders aren't buried down there. I'm, I, I know that, but if he was okay. a Stark, thirteenth Lord Commander, I'm just trying to use that as a like a rough estimate. Oh, so let's okay. call it forty years between each Lord Commander or something like that. Yeah, I would say that level is probably sealed off so along we're with five hundred years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing out of, that level is probably 8, sealed 000, off, right? Yeah, yeah. That level. So you'd have to go seventy-five hundred years deep, give or take. And if it's as expansive as it is, and as deep it is, and old as it is, and it's already collapsing in at some point. Yeah, but Hodor doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, man. He's he, wandering around. He just Hodor, gets lost. Hodor. Like, I will take this sword. <laughs> yeah, this I, one looks good. Yeah, I'll take this one. It's still working. And I mean, iron definitely, I would not say, lasts 8,000 years. I mean, we don't have any evidence of iron realistically. And I mean, George R. R. Martin bases some of his, you know, a lot of his world in genuine fact with a fantasy twist. Well, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I just thought like, because, so to me, they specifically point out who Asha, Mira, and Bran take swords from, but with Hodor, it's just some other. So I, I feel like that other sword has to belong to somebody important. Now it might not be, maybe it's an important good guy throughout history. You know, I don't know. I just was kind of thinking, I, I think there's something there with whose sword did Hodor take? I think you're, I mean, I definitely think you're right. I just don't know who, yeah. what the, it's not like George R. R. Martin not to leave that fact out. Right. To leave I, I that think fact it'll out, come I mean. back in some way. I'm not saying necessarily that one was pri imprisoning the great other or uh, the Knights King or anything like that, but those are kind of threads to, to pull at. That is definitely a thread I kind of want to pull out. And then my last thing that I wanted to, to talk on, I had actually never heard the theories about the tunnels leading to the wall and through the wall. Mm -hmm. And to me, that makes a little too much sense not to be true, because the Starks often served in the Night's Watch historically, not really anymore. I guess Benjen does and John does, but historically the Starks were serving in the Night's Watch and specifically became Lord Commanders. Um, they may want a secret way back to the Wall. Same with Bran the Wilder. Builder. He built the Wall, he built Winterfell, maybe he wanted that secret way back and forth, and he built the crypts off of that secret passageway. That's a good theory. And the final thing I wanted to note is uh, the wildling tell the wildlings tell stories of Gendel and Gorn. 
who got lost in the tunnels north of the wall and never reappeared. This is a story Gret tells John when they're in the cave going to town on each other. Yeah, I was going to say, doing it. After they've gone, yeah. After they've gone to town. (laughs) Because she wants to just kind of run away with him and get lost in the tunnels like Endel and Gord did. um, And not face the world anymore. Not be Night's Watch, not be Wildlings and have to worry about that. Because I think deep down she knew he was always going to go back to the Night's Watch when it came time for that choice. I think she knew um, she was going to die. So it's thought that Gendel and Gorn and the uh, all the people that they brought with them, that they died down in these tunnels because they just got lost. But what if they found some of these secret passages to Winterfell and they just continue their lives south of the Wall? Um, maybe they became a house that we now know as a as a northern house. You know, there, there's a Ooh, lot there that can be pulled on also. Like, I don't know exactly where it goes, but if there's tunnels down there that lead far enough away that nobody can explore them, there's nothing saying it can't go to the wall. There's nothing saying it can't go past the wall. It's, there's nothing saying that these guys who were beyond the wall couldn't get south of the wall through those passages. That's true. That is very And good those tunnels can still lead to the Weirwood in the same way you were pointing out earlier, and they can lead to the wall, and they can lead anywhere, because they're fucking tunnels. Yeah. Have you ever seen an ant farm? Damn. You just blew my mind, bro. That's why we talk about things. I love it. Banana land. I'm done with the crypts. I don't have anything else to say. I think I've beat the Crips to death. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Puncast. Yeah, I'm working on my dad jokes. I've been practicing a lot. Yeah, you're going to need those. Your daughter's going to be starting to you know, really come after you for some sweet hilarity. So you got to get work on those. Hilarity for me. She'll fucking hate my guts, but I don't care. She'll she'll like it for the next like four years, so you're good. Yeah, I get, that's four years is a long time, and exactly. I will surely go. And then you just get jokes. stuck in that habit, and you can't stop making them once they're actually embarrassed by them. I just gotta live the meme, bro. I gotta live <laughs> the meme. All right, so thank you for listening. You can check us out on Twitter at APA something at alone underscore podcast. We are always there doing all kinds of crazy shit. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, wash your fucking hands. Don't Do be it. afraid to go out and get things you need. Don't buy 900 cases of toilet paper. No, don't be an asshole. Leave some for the rest of us. Because the rest of us need to wipe our assholes. Yeah, I couldn't even find baby wipes for my kid the other day. So That's rough, man. Yeah, don't hoard baby wipes, you dicks. You're not babies. Don't hoard anything. If you don't hoard them, then they will always be available in the stores. If you hoard them, then they won't be available in the stores. Do you see how that works, people? I see. Thank you for listening. All the music is provided by those cats. We got a special next week. Sorry, I'll get back to those cats. But next week is our 100th episode. We've got something fun. It's going to be fun for us. I don't know if anybody else cares about it, but it's very self-indulgent and very fun for us. So stay tuned for episode 100 next week. Thanks to those cats for providing all the music for a podcast about something. You guys stay sassy. Stay classic.